This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. Millions of Americans are counting on Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid for support in their golden years. But these programs are facing serious financial challenges in the years ahead. They should address these problems sooner rather than later, precisely so that people have a chance to incorporate the changes and make their plans. Then... Teens that spend countless hours on the Internet with no supervision may later become targets of adult sexual predators. We'll hear from an expert. Adult perpetrators have admitted in research that they will purposefully seek out minor girls who present themselves sexually online as potential victims. Those two stories and more are straight ahead on this week's show. Stick around. InfoTrack begins right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. Our next guest says Social Security isn't the only retirement crisis. Medicare and Medicaid are also heading for trouble. Our guest is William Gale, co-director Urban Brookings Tax Policy Center and author of Fiscal Therapy, Curing America's Debt Addiction and Investing in the Future. Let's start with Social Security. I think many of our listeners are aware that this program is facing some big challenges. Can you give us the latest on Social Security and its crisis? Sure. The situation in Social Security is that we have enough revenues, given the trust fund and payroll tax, to pay all benefits that people have earned through 2035. But at that point, the trust fund runs out of money, so we'll only be able to pay benefits in the future from payroll tax revenues. And those are only sufficient to cover about three quarters of the benefits that people have earned. So if Congress does nothing, benefits will have to be cut by about a quarter in 2035. So that gives Congress 15 years, 16 years to figure out what to do. That sounds like a long time, but it's really not because of the lags in policy making and the lags in adjustments and things like that. Who would be affected by the Social Security cuts? Would that be all people or would it just be the ones who haven't retired yet? Well, that is a great question. Traditionally, people who are 55 and older have been exempted from discussions of Social Security reform. And that's one of the things that makes the 2035 date closer than it may appear, because it means that there would be no benefit cuts the first seven years after a reform was put in. But it may be that things are sufficiently dire that that norm or that custom isn't observed in this round of Social Security reform. But if it is, then it means the baby boomers have completely escaped any responsibility. The youngest baby boomer is 55 now. And so we're talking younger generations that are likely to bear the burden of all this. We're talking with William Gale, co-director Urban Brookings Tax Policy Center, and he's author of Fiscal Therapy, Curing America's Debt Addiction and Investing in the Future. Is it possible, William, that the government might push off the retirement age People are living longer these days. Maybe they'll push it off to 70 or 75 or something. Is that possible? I'm not sure we'd get to 75, but I think it's both possible and likely and a good idea 
to raise what's called the normal retirement age or the full retirement age. In 1983, we raised it by one month every two years for, I think, 48 years. So it went up by two years. We need to do something similar now to raise it gradually, but definitely raise it. People are living longer, and we want to encourage people to work longer. But if we do do that, we need to take care of workers in physically demanding jobs who are unable to work longer. Shifting now to Medicare and Medicaid, you say those programs are also facing a crisis, but unlike Social Security, we haven't heard as much about these programs being in trouble. Can you tell us about them? Sure. Medicare health insurance for the elderly is a complicated program. It's got four separate parts. One of those parts, called Part A, hospital insurance, is funded by a trust fund and payroll taxes in the same way Social Security is. That trust fund is scheduled to run out of money in 2026, which is not much time at all from now. At that point, if Congress has not done something, then benefits would have to be cut by about a quarter or a fifth. It seems very likely that that will get Congress to focus attention and do something in the realm of either raising revenues or cutting spending. The rest of Medicare is funded by a combination of general revenues and supplemental fees and stuff like that. And there the issue is just that healthcare costs are rising faster than other costs and the population is aging and old people are more expensive to provide healthcare for than young people. So you just got expected costs rising steadily, inexorably over time, and that has to be funded somehow. Either we need to reduce those costs or we need to raise taxes to pay for those costs. I believe one of the programs in Medicare is a prescription drug support for consumers. I know there is talk about getting drug companies to lower their prices, so I guess that might be uh, helpful in terms of the crisis. Well, this is a really interesting idea. Medicare pays more for the same drugs than Medicaid or Veterans Health Affairs does. And studies suggest that if Medicare paid the same amount as those other programs do, we could save about a half of a trillion dollars over the next decade. It's $500 billion. That's a very significant saving. So I think there needs to be discussion of either allowing Medicare, the program, to negotiate the prices and the formulary, the actual drugs that it pays for, or simply legislating that Medicare shouldn't pay any more than Medicaid does. Do you expect politicians to make the tough decisions to keep these programs going? In general, I would say politicians don't act when they should, they act when they have to. The one saving grace is that the trust fund running out of money is a hard deadline that conceivably will force policymakers to take some action, or at least will let voters see the consequences of policymakers not taking action. It seems like millennials, at least some millennials, harbor resentment that they're paying into a program that they may not benefit from. What are your thoughts on that? They will benefit from it. We're not talking about the disappearance of Social Security or Medicare. We're talking about reforms that have to be made. Reforms have been made in the past. They can be made again in the future. It's true that millennials will not get as good a deal on these programs as earlier generations did, but that's baked into the cake at this point. Even if we ended the programs and privatized them, millennials would still bear the legacy burden of the existing programs. So 
The question really is, what's the best path forward, not are these programs going to disappear? William, is there anything that the average person can do to help these scenarios? Well, the obvious personal solution is to save more, work longer, engage in healthy habits. Those are good things to do regardless of the situation, Social Security and Medicare. But I would flip your very good question on its head and say, what should policymakers be doing to help citizens? And the answer is really they should address these problems sooner rather than later, precisely so that people have a chance to incorporate the changes and make their plans. Is it possible that the people who have saved their money and worked very hard so they have a nest egg, that some of those funds will effectively be confiscated to pay for other people? That is a very good question. To reframe it slightly, will the Social Security reform that eventually comes out involve means testing the benefits? That is providing fewer benefits to people who have more saving or more income that they've accumulated. And I think the answer is yes. Politically, that seems like a very likely outcome. The argument would be that Social Security is meant to provide a base income or Medicare, provide a base level of resources in retirement. And people who can most afford not to have that base level will be those who are the best off. From an equity view, that makes sense. From a incentive view, which your question was about, it obviously creates concerns because it might make people more reluctant to accumulate wealth. Any final thoughts? This is something people need to pay attention to. Changes to Social Security and Medicare can have a first-order effect on how people manage their retirement. And again, I think policymakers owe it to the American public not only to resolve these situations, but to resolve them sooner rather than later so we can all react in our own lives. William Gale, co-director Urban Brookings Tax Policy Center, and he's also author of Fiscal Therapy, Curing America's Debt Addiction and Investing in the Future. William, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Next, are your kids being targeted by Internet predators? That story, coming up. Don't go away. InfoTrack will be back right after this. <laughs> <laughs> 